Blog Talk Radio. presents the Visible Conservative Christians Unleashed, and tonight's show is going to be one that I hope will open up the eyes of this nation to what else is going on than a whole bunch of craziness and foolishness here in my state of Missouri, albeit it's at the other end of the state. My guest today 
school, I'm going to bring on at 15 after is the president, founder and president of the New Jersey Second Amendment Society. And I reached out to him when there was a story that was brought to my attention. And I'm going to stop at that right now. And I'm going to get right into my commentary. But just remember this. I'm not politically correct. I'm just correct politically. And I always come down on the right side of the issue. Now, huh, fallout, Obama opens up door to re-examine military gear for cops. What story am I going to stop with? Start with. I'm going to start with this one. I'm going to talk a little bit about this Ferguson situation, and I'm going to relate it to what's happening in our story today. A purported conversation captured on the YouTube video apparently shot in the immediate aftermath of the fatal police shooting of Michael Brown has a possible witness saying the unarmed 18-year-old charged at the officer who fired the shots that have led to more than a week of sometimes violent demonstrations in the St. Louis suburb of Ferguson. Amid angry condemnation of the police and pledges to move away from the mean streets of Ferguson, one man describes what he saw as he witnessed the shooting. He seems to describe how the six foot four inch, three hundred pound brown tussled with police officer Darren Wilson and charged him. An account that may corroborate Wilson's story and cast doubt on claims of other purported witnesses who say Wilson shot Brown as he ran away, his hands in the air. I mean, the police was in the truck, and he was like over the truck, the man says, so then he ran. Police got out and ran after him. The next thing I know, he comes back towards him. The police has his guns drawn on him. Those are direct quotes from the videotape. The video is 15 minutes or 10 minutes long, and I'm not going to play it because I want to get right to everything else. But the graphic 10-minute video, which has been viewed nearly 1 million times on YouTube, begins with the camera operator walking towards the street where Brown's body can be seen lying on the pavement on the other side of yellow police tape. The reliability of those heard speaking cannot be verified, but Ed McGee, spokesman for the St. Louis County Prosecutor's Office, said investigators 
are aware of the video and others allegedly taken at the scene and are trying to track down witnesses to them. Killed him for no reason, the camera operator says as he moves towards the scene in the broad daylight of early afternoon on August 9th. A group of residents stand several yards away from one side of the body and three Ferguson Police Department SUVs are parked on the other side with police officers walking towards them. Three minutes into the video, a man witnesses say is Brown's father approaches the prone body and then is quickly ushered away by two police officers. The camera operator and another man are heard claiming that the police officer, who authorities later identified as Wilson, shot Brown as he held up his hands and said, don't shoot, then stood over him and shot him some more. But the camera operator acknowledges only hearing shots and not witnessing the shooting and attributes the account to that's what they said. They said he had his hands up and everything, and they just shot him anyway, the unidentified camera operator says. With the police vehicles to the camera operator's left and Brown's body facing them, a purported witnesses described how Brown ran from the police. He was running away, one man asked. Why his body comes this way, though? Darren Johnson, a friend of Brown's who was with him when he was shot and is suspected to have been present moments earlier, when Brown carried out a strong-arm theft of a box of cigars at a liquor store, has claimed Brown was never reaching over or into Wilson's squad SUV. He has claimed that Wilson struck Brown with the vehicle door as he got out, then fired at Brown as he ran away, continuing to shoot even after Brown turned to face him, his hands in the air in surrender. An autopsy conducted at the request of Brown's family by Dr. Michael Baden, the noted former chief medical examiner of New York, reportedly determined that Brown was hit with six bullets, four to the right arm and two to the head, all to the front and none from close range. One of the bullets entered the top of Brown's skull, suggesting the head, his head was bent forward. This one here looks like his head was bent down, Baden told the New York Times. It can be because he's given up or because he's charging forward at the officer. Let me read that again. It can be because he's given up or because he's charging forward at the officer. Police have said Wilson confronted Brown because he was walking in the middle of the street and have given differing information about whether Wilson was aware that Brown was a suspect in the robbery. Police said Brown struggled with the officer and reached for his weapon after being confronted, though several witnesses have claimed Brown raised his hand and was not attacking the officer. Wilson is in seclusion, and his account has not been made public. But a woman who claimed to be a 
close friends of his family told a St. Louis radio program, which I have that audio, that when Wilson tried to get out of his vehicle, Brown slammed the door shut on him. When Wilson finally managed to exit the SUV, Brown rushed him and punched him, according to the woman whose associate, whose association with Wilson's family was not verified by the radio program. U.S. Attorney General Eric Holder, yoke, has approved a third autopsy on Brown's body, which will be conducted by a federal medical examiner. The shooting touched off several days of protests that have ranged from peaceful to violent and have included looting. Police have been blamed for exacerbating the protest with a military-style response that critics said say inflamed demonstrators and turned the city of 21,000 into what some have likened to a war zone. The FBI has opened up a civil rights investigation into the shooting, and President Obama has called for calm and issued a statement expressing condolences to the family and the community. Missouri Governor Jay Nixon has declared a state of emergency and implemented a midnight to 5 a.m. curfew in the city. Excuse me if I don't choke. First of all, this administration who handling the who can't even handle Benghazi right thinks they're gonna be able to get it right in this case. Now here's the irony of everything. All these people angry mad, upset. But where's their outrage over the story that we're about to tell? Janine Allen. Single mother of two. Ten years in prison for gun charges. And we're going to get into that with my next guest. And I'm going to tell you something. I describe my next guest as someone who truly loves this nation. He loves people. And I'm going to tell you something. And what I'm about to say is going to be brutally honest because it flies in the feet of white conservatives. who looks at people from a human perspective and said, hey, she's been doing, she's been done wrong. I'm going to reach out to her. Not to mention, he now has a fervent love for our Second Amendment rights. So let me give you a little bit about background. Frank Jack Fiamingo is a retired businessman who did not grow up around guns and did not give them much thought. At age 61, he was introduced to the shooting sport by his brother in Florida. His journey began when he decided to apply for a New Jersey firearms purchaser identification card. 
try to say that fast. New Jersey is one of the most overregulated states with regard to the rights that are supposed to be protected by the Second Amendment. They're having his background check for criminal behavior, his mental health records invasively searched and having been fingerprinted like a common criminal. He began to look in the began to look into the antiquated quagmire of draconian laws that are the New Jersey Firearms Statute. He founded the New Jersey Second Amendment Society, NJ2AS, in July of 2010 with nine other concerned individuals and now can boast multiple thousands of members. The story continues. Mr. Flamingo, Fiamingo, sorry. Fiamingo, not Flamingo, it's F-I-A-M-I-N-G-O, Fiamingo. <clears throat> Mr. Fiamingo has now taken up the cause of mission to mean out. And with that being said, let's get this interview on the road because this this story need to be told. Frank, welcome to the show, my friend, and I am so honored to have you here with me tonight. Well, Thomas, thank you very much, and likewise. Well, start from the beginning, because this beautiful young lady, Janine Allen, is facing 10 years and I'm not going to get ahead of myself. I'm going to let you uh, kind of give a background, and then we'll pick up with questions from there. Absolutely. You know, Tom, you can't, you can't not get involved in this particular situation. We um, have a right, uh, human right, in, uh, not in this country and certainly any other country. I mean, it's a human right uh, uh, to self-defense. So, in other words, uh, I love people. I value uh, the human mind probably above most things. And, um, it, it need, you know, innocent life must be protected, even to the point, sad as this may be, even to the point of using lethal force to prevent the destruction of innocent life. So, in other words, he who initiates the force in a situation like that is wrong. So we have this human right to self-defense. No one grants it to us. It doesn't come from the Second Amendment. It doesn't come from the Constitution. The Constitution merely and Bill of Rights and the Second Amendment merely recognize these pre-existing inalienable rights and say to the government, as a matter of fact, the Second Amendment exists as a warning to the government not to infringe upon that right. So, so most people, if you ask them and you say, do you believe in the right to, to self-defense? They say, of course. They say, do you believe in the Constitution of the United States of America and the Bill of Rights? Oh, yes, of course. Well, do you, in New Jersey anyway, if you ask a New Jersey resident, well, then do people have the right to carry a firearm to defend their lives? And the answer is no. So there's a severe disconnect here, and that's one of the reasons why we have such uh, draconian laws. Now, what's the reason for that disconnect? 
we can go into that a little bit later. But right now, I want to just bring this story to your listeners because I want them to help. This is not a story. It's not a story about me. It's not a story just to be heard. This is a story. It's a call to action. This woman who went through the rigorous process of getting a carry permit in our neighboring state, Pennsylvania, which, by the way, has the same requirements as New Jersey. You have to go through a criminal background check. You have to be fingerprinted. You have your mental health records uh, invasively searched. You have, um, you have to provide references and get training and prove that, you know, you are qualified. Okay, I think if you're going to carry a firearm in public for, for defensive purposes, then um, I guess I can see why you know there would you know there would be a concern to make sure that the person is not a, a convicted felon and is not a crazy person okay a mentally disturbed individual but that's fine I, I don't really have a problem with that but she went through that process she came out squeaky clean on the other end and was issued a Pennsylvania carry permit now she had only had it about a week. And she was going traveling to New Jersey for a birthday party uh, uh, for her son to Atlantic City. So she passed the border from Pennsylvania into New Jersey. Uh, she was stopped at a routine traffic uh, stop for, um, uh, I believe, an alleged uh, illegal lane change. And uh, when she reached for her credentials, she opened her purse. The firearm was there. She took out her credentials, including not only her license and registration, but her carry permit and showed them to the officer and said, officer, by the way, I want you to know that I do have a firearm in my purse. Now, she believed that it was her responsibility to do that. And, you know, I'll tell you something else. And I don't, I'm not one to, to bring race up, and I don't believe in, you know, uh, 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 race baiting or bringing up race where it doesn't belong. But you know what? Uh, a black man or a black woman traveling through a, a white neighborhood stopped by a white policeman, uh, if they found that you were carrying a firearm, things would not go. Let's just say there's a, a very big, good possibility that things would not go well. So right. I, I kind of think she did the right thing, uh, in my opinion, by saying, you know, a lot of people said, why didn't you bother to tell the police when she didn't have to? Well, that's true. In New Jersey, there is no duty to report if you are a valid uh, uh, fire, you know, you have a valid carry permit. Well, she did, but it was from Pennsylvania, and New Jersey doesn't have respect for the uh, carry permits from any other state. We have no reciprocity, and anyone traveling through the state of New Jersey is risking this kind of situation where they could be arrested and charged with a secondary felony. Now, here's where it gets really bad. We have a, 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 a law in New Jersey called the Graves Act, and it was instituted to severely punish people who committed a crime using a firearm. Now, that's, you know, that's reasonable. I could see invoking minimum mandatory sentences for someone that points a, a, a weapon at an individual and says, give me your money, or goes and holds up a Wawa or SO station, uh, SO, you know, see how old I am, an Exxon station uh, or something like that. Uh, so, and, and what that uh, uh, actually means is if uh, the Graves Act, is uh, if you commit a crime, a crime, 
quote-unquote, involving a firearm, not using, but in, in, where a firearm is involved, you, the minimum mandatory sentence for a secondary felony, secondary felony charge, gun possession, is seven to ten years, minimum, I mean, uh, presumptive seven, minimum five, three years without parole. And so wow. that's what they, you know, she was arrested, you know, immediately arrested when she told the officer that she had a firearm, um, and uh, they took her in to the prosecutor. Now, she was uh, arrested for gun possession. She was charged with gun possession, and she also had hollow point bullets, which let's put that aside for a second. People have the wrong impression about what hollow point bullets are, so I want to go into that. But uh, my, my point here is, that the director of pretrial intervention, pretrial intervention for your listeners that might not be familiar with it, is a means by which a person with, with no prior criminal record, now we know, obviously we know she has no criminal record because they just gave her a carry permit. So they, in Pennsylvania, completely and thoroughly investigated her. So she is an upstanding citizen with no prior criminal record, and uh, as far as anyone can tell, there was no criminal intent. She was on her way to a birthday party. Uh, so, I mean, she had her firearm in her purse. She carried it around with her in Pennsylvania. My guess is she probably didn't even think about it and, and traveled across the border. Now, here's, here's the issue. The director of pretrial intervention for Atlantic County said, you know, this person, this woman, is, has no prior prior criminal record, she, as far as we could tell, she said, there's no criminal intent here. Let's divert her from the prosecutorial process and let's, you know, maybe charge her with misdemeanor or give her a fine or something, you know, whatever, community service, and send her on her way. No. The prosecutor of Atlantic County, James P. McLean, who I do not know, decided that, no, he was going to go after the uh, gun possession charge, and his reasoning was because, well, it wasn't just gun possession. She had gun, it was gun possession, and she had hollow point bullets. Well, here's the thing. Hollow point bullets are the safest round to use if, for self-defense if your, one of your goals is to avoid collateral damage. And I say that because hollow point uh, uh, or hollow nose rounds are designed so that they, that they, you know, obviously you are not going to use a gun. If you're an upstanding law-abiding citizen, the only time you're going to lose, use a gun in the first place is because your life is in danger. So if your life is in danger, the first thing you need to do is end that threat in any way, you know, any way that you can. So you want a round that's going to end the threat but not pass through and, and maybe hit someone else. So that's why police officers, officers almost universally only use hollow nose bullets. However, they have this strange reputation as being somehow aligned with armor-piercing bullets, which is the exact opposite. Armor-piercing bullets are designed to go through things like Kevlar and, and other things. Whereas a hollow point bullet, you know, if, if, you're, if I'm going to get shot, if I'm wearing Kevlar and I'm going to get shot with something, I want to get shot with a hollow point round because it's going to disintegrate on impact rather than, right. than um, you know. So, so people are confused about what hollow-nosed bullets are. They really are the safest round to use for self-defense. 
penalty. Even in New Jersey, it's the same thing. That's a separate offense. You know, the possession of hollow point bullets in the commission of a crime. Well, what's the crime? The crime was the gun possession. So now she's got, you know, uh, not only the gun possession charge, but possession of hollow point bullets in the commission of a crime. It's like a catch-22. There really was no crime. What was the crime? That she had this firearm? Well, what, you know, again, what happened to our right to keep and bear arms? So, Anyway, to make a long story even longer, and I apologize, but it's, it's very important that people understand the, the, what happened here. The prosecutor refused to grant her pretrial intervention. What he did instead was offered this young mother of two young boys who has never committed a crime in her life, offered her three years in prison if she would plead guilty, and then that would be the end of it. There wouldn't have to be a trial and so forth and so on. And, of course, her lawyer, who, by the way, is Evan Knapp, and he's a very qualified gun rights attorney. He is the guy who run, wrote the book here in New Jersey, the New Jersey Gun Law Guide, uh, very knowledgeable about our, you know, the, the, the things that are wrong with our firearm statutes. He's her lawyer, and he advised her, of course, not to. It was her, her choice. So she refused. And, of course, what, what they do in that case is, then they said, well, okay, if you won't accept our plea deal, now you're looking at 10 years plus. 10 years for the wow. maximum for the, yeah, 10 years for the gun possession and then another 18 months or so for the hollow point bullets. So they're going to now, they're going to now put, uh, go after this young mother of two who's done nothing wrong in her entire life of, of you know, uh, that, that constitutes a felony. They're going to threaten to put her away for, 11 plus years over what? Over what? So um, we have a problem. We, we have a serious problem. Now, I'm asking anyone in, this, in the sound of my voice to help in any number of, of different ways. The, one of the most important things you can do, I mean, I, won't, I don't want to get involved in politics too much because I don't understand politics, and you know, I'm not, uh, that's not my, my ballgame. But, you know, we have a, a, a – this is an executive branch issue, right, because the administration of law uh, up until the trial is handled by law enforcement, which ultimately is controlled by our governor. He is the chief executive of um, New Jersey. Uh, his name is Christopher Christie. I'm sure many of you have heard of Chris Christie. Many of you might have heard that he's interested in – who has political aspirations that go beyond being the governor of New Jersey. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what you know people say. So um, since he is the chief executive, ultimately this you know, lands on his head. He has the uh, option of applying pressure on the attorney general to apply pressure on this particular prosecutor to offer her uh, the pretrial intervention and divert her from this prosecutor prosecutorial process and that's what we're hoping will happen so in order for that to happen people from all over the nation not just new jersey because you know anyone running for for governor for president or, or a higher office and uh you know knows if they're republican if they're not democrat they're not going to win new jersey so new jersey is irrelevant politically but the rest of the nation is not and if um, a lot of calls come into the governor's office and maybe the attorney general and the Atlantic County 
prosecutor's office from people specifically from places like Iowa and New Hampshire and other places, Missouri, anywhere throughout the nation. If, if you identify yourself as a, as a citizen of a resident of Missouri, a resident of you know, this state, that state, or other state, when you call, that will be wonderful. That will be wonderful because uh, I want uh, everyone in, in this administration to be aware of the fact that this indeed is a national issue. I hope you catch my drift on this, everyone. I know yes. you do, Thomas. So um, if you, uh, I, rather than give all the numbers out, uh, which I can do if you would like, I, I urge people to please go to nj2as.com. That's NJ like New Jersey, the number two, as.com. Very easy, nj2as.com. That stands for New Jersey Second Amendment Society nj2as.com, and you'll see Shanine's picture. Click on it. It'll bring you to a page that will tell you what's going on, and we'll also give you numbers and some email addresses, some telephone numbers, some fax numbers, and so forth that you can use to express your outrage over the way that this woman is being treated. And I promise you, folks, I'm not telling you stories here. This you, you use If you just use reason and nothing else, and you, you think about the fact that she just was issued, a Pennsylvania carry permit, then you know that she is not a felon. You know that she's an upstanding citizen, otherwise she would not have been granted it. And and this was like a week later. So um, we're not talking about Bonnie and Clyde here. You know, we're talking about an innocent mother of two. And I really hope that that you will react and you will take this action call seriously. Uh, and also tell your friends, if you're on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, tell your friends in other states what I just said and see if you can't get them uh, to do the same. And those of you who, and again, I, 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 I want to uh, emphasize, I don't believe in using race where it's not appropriate, but I don't know that it's not appropriate really in this situation. I don't know. I don't know the, the, the parties involved. Maybe it is. If you identify yourself as um uh, a member of the black community, maybe that will help too. Hey, you're outraged uh, about this for your own reasons, as well as the fact that it just is wrong. Right. So uh, those are things. We also we have a billboard campaign going on. We're trying to raise money to uh, put up billboards in the Atlantic County area telling potential jurors about their rights. And I think you'll understand where I'm going with that. Um Jurors can be bullied by a judge into giving the verdict that he wants rather than what they uh, feel they should be voting with their conscience. Many times, you know, a person may have broken the law, but if there's no victim and the person uh, had no criminal intent, you know, what they call mens rea, but criminal intent, then you can still acquit them even if you know that they broke the law. And we want people to know that that's possible. So we're raising money. If you're interested in donating to that, just go to the SAF, the Second Amendment Foundation. That's uh, not uh, not associated with us, but they're working with us. Uh, the Second Amendment Foundation is a national organization. They are a 501c3, so donations sent to them are tax deductible. And that's why we're going through them. And if you just go to their homepage and click on Donate, then you'll have some options either to donate through um, credit cards or PayPal but in either or by check. And in either case, if you do that, 
Um, just make a note in the comment or note section that it is for the New Jersey billboard campaign or a project. And if you forget any of this, just go to nj2as.com. All the information I just gave you is there. So if you do feel compelled to, uh, and I hope you will, to, to donate, you can do it that way. Uh, she also has a legal defense fund, and we have a, a, a link to that as well. Uh, and uh, she's going to have a lot of legal bills, obviously. So you know, we're we're, we're looking at that. And and the uh, as I said, um, some of the things that we're doing is we're trying to we're going to start pamphleting the area to inform uh, potential jurors and people in general of their rights as jurors. For such a long time, I didn't even give you a chance to comment. So let me be quiet for a minute. You know what, Frank? That's what I wanted you to do because I'm going to, I am going to tie what's going on with Ms. Shanine Allen into what's going on around the rest of the nation, and I'm going to do it Mm -hmm. in such a way that you'll probably want to just sit and listen because I'm going to go on a very if you will, I'm going to go on a very fiery um, mm-hmm. monologue. So I'm going to put you on mute while I do that, and then I'll bring you right back. Fantastic. Okay, folks. Now, you've only heard about what Mr. Fiamingo, Frank, he goes by Frank, has shared in different spots. Fox News has covered it. A few few others have covered it. A lot of Second Amendment groups, um, radio shows, that sort of thing. And it's starting to get traction. But here's the problem. Where's Eric Holder? Where's President Obama? They haven't weighed in on this injustice. You know why? Because it goes against their narrative. Never mind the fact that this this is a single mother of two, no criminal record, just got her concealed carry permit, a week before this happened. She was honest and told the officer, just as she was trained to do, that she had her gun in her purse. He arrested her on the spot. And she's charged with a class two felony. And as Frank pointed out, people hear hollow point bullets and they're so stupid they don't even know what the difference is. Hollow point bullets shatter on impact. Armor-piercing bullets go through things. 
That's the difference. So it would be one thing if law-abiding American citizens were carrying armor-piercing bullets, but they're not. And it just goes to show people on the left can be so stupid sometimes that they don't even they don't even do the research to know the difference. Armor piercing bullets go through Kevlar vests and everything else. And as he so accurately pointed out as he so accurately pointed out, that is the reason why cops use hollow points and not armor-piercing bullets. Even though the criminals are using armor-piercing bullets now. But everybody wants to say, oh, our police are getting military getting militarized and all this stuff. And what do you think the gangs are doing? Topsies. Third one being performed by the federal government. Waste of taxpayer dollars. because the outcome didn't fit their narrative. While we have a young lady, single mother of two, sitting, possibly facing 10 years in prison because she did not know the laws of New Jersey, and she was honest enough to inform the police officer that her weapon was in her purse. But never mind the fact, let's, let me point out a little tidbit of information to you. This is also the same um, district attorney who gave Ray Rice time served or whatever it was. Oh, no, 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 I stand corrected. He got to go into the diversionary program. He didn't do nothing much except knock his fiancé at the time, now wife out cold and drug her out of an elevator. It was caught on camera. And what did the NFL decide to do? Oh, they only suspended him two games. So, in New Jersey, twisted, logical minds you're better off smacking a woman around, knocking her out and getting off than you are being a legal, law-abiding, gun-carrying citizen. Now, I'm going to bring my guest back on and have him comment on what I just said. Frank, you have any you want to add to my commentary? Well, that, I mean, that, Thomas, that was like 100% dead on. But, you know, everything that you said is is uh, uh, exactly true. And we're facing this issue, uh, and everybody's saying, well, you know, now it's, there's nothing we can do and, and so forth and so on. Well, that's not true. Well, Wednesday, uh, a, a bunch of us, I don't know how many yet, 
uh, you know, it's it's really kind of happening spontaneously. A couple of guys that I know started it uh, a week or so ago, and it's been picking up steam. Uh, demonstration that we're going to hold over at the Atlantic County Criminal uh, Court Complex. Uh, mm-hmm. We're just we're, we're we want people to know that that we're, we're we here in New Jersey are are particularly unhappy with uh, what the decision that they've made because we have been see it's not a, it's not a matter of not having uh, not um, it's hard hard to it's hard to even say this you know why should we have to even go to the state and beg for something that's already a right. The right should only be denied by by exception. So in other words, yes, I absolutely agree that if you're a convicted violent felon or you have been adjudicated out of touch with reality, mentally incompetent, then I, then I see a reason why the public has, uh, has the um, uh, right to deny you the ability to exercise your uh, otherwise, you know, your right to keep and bear arms. But that's only by exception, see? And in New Jersey, it's like, may I, mother may I, you know? Everything that we do in New Jersey, it's mother may I. And we're, you know, we're really getting sick and tired of it, especially, you know, when right. we look at our sister states who really, uh, for the most part, you know, if you can... Uh, you show a driver's license, and they, you know, they they do a quick uh, background check on you with the FBI. That it's called the NICS check. It's something that they do over the phone. It only takes a few minutes, and it, it you know, if you're not a convicted felon, you haven't been adjudicated mentally incompetent, and you, you know, you can prove who you are. You can purchase a firearm, and they don't assume that you're an evil criminal. Now, there's right. evil that exists in the world. We know that. We know there's evil in the world. We know there are people that are wired wrong. That's why we need the 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 right to keep in their arms. So this woman wasn't doing anything unusual. You know, she had been robbed. By the way, we didn't mention that, I don't think. She had been robbed twice prior to purchasing the gun. So, I mean, oh, wow. she, yeah, yeah, I forgot to mention that. She had been robbed twice. And that was one of the things that motivated her to go and get the training and purchase a firearm to be able to protect not only her own life, but the life of her innocent children. And by and just by making this quote-unquote mistake, you know, in my opinion, carrying a firearm, a defensive firearm with you is not a crime. I don't care where you go. Now, of course, wow. the state of New Jersey will not agree with that, and many other states may not agree with that either. But in the eyes of whatever you you know, whatever people hold most dear, uh, it cannot be a crime to be prepared to defend your life and innocent life that you're responsible for. So. So this woman uh, did not commit any crime in, in my eyes and in many other people's eyes. There's no victim. No one was hurt. How can you even possibly uh, consider putting her in prison? So, again, I can do nothing more than entreat people to get involved in this. What You know what happens in New Jersey doesn't stay in New Jersey. 
I can tell you that right now. It's already affecting somebody from Pennsylvania, and it affects people from New York, and it affects people from Connecticut, and any other traveler, by the way. We, we had a story not too long ago, and I, 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 you tell me if I'm running out of time because I don't want to eat up all of it. But we, we had a situation where a guy, you know, uh, uh, had a, uh, legally, you know, owned his gun, and he was going from one place to another where he was legal to have it and carry it. But his plane got diverted to, uh, to Newark for whatever reason, and the Port Authority police arrested the guy when he went to check, you know, because he had to take his luggage off the, the uh, one flight and wait for another flight in New Jersey where he did not plan to be. So, um, you know, he took all his luggage, and then when he went to put it back on the, the new flight, he, he um, uh, admitted that, you know, he, or not, you know, he went to check his, uh, his uh, guns, and as he's uh, always done before, you know, he says, I have firearms here. Well, they arrested him, and he went through, you know, he spent time in jail, and he went through this whole um, mishigash. Eventually, they, they, they let the guys out. But that's the kind of mentality that we have in here. There's, there's no, you know, there's no extenuating circumstances. People, like, Brian Aitken, do you know the story of Brian Aitken? I'll go, yeah, go real, real quick. Brian Aitken moved from Colorado. He was originally a New Jersey boy, moved from Colorado back to New Jersey with his legally owned firearms. One thing led to another. The police uh, stopped him. They found that he was in possession of unloaded firearms, locked in the trunk of his car, separate from the ammunition, the whole bit. He got arrested and he got sentenced to seven years in prison where he would still be rotting today had it not been for Governor Christie's intervention. Governor Christie commuted his sentence. The man was still a convicted felon, sadly, uh, but he, at least he wasn't rotting in prison. Now, he's since overturned two of the convictions, and guess what the one, the one that he hasn't been able to overturn, guess what it was for? Hollow point bullet. Possession of hollow point bullets. So, so that's New Jersey, folks. Frank, okay. I got to go on and my head wants to explode sometimes because a liberal Democrat is like a rabbit dog. When they hone in on something, they hone in on it. Never mind the fact they they lying through their teeth. It's like we both pointed out here on this show. A hollow point bullet shatters on impact, folks. You want to be shot with a hollow point bullet. If you get shot with a solid lead bullet, or armor-piercing round, Frank, tell the folks what will happen to them. Well, you don't want to be shot with, with anything, but if you're wearing exactly. Kevlar, if, if you're wearing That's armor, yes, then, then you want to get shot with a, with a hollow point bullet because it will disintegrate more on uh, impact than the others. But, uh, no, I mean, if you're hit with a hollow point bullet, it's going to do some serious damage uh, if you're right. not wearing armor. There's no question about it, as will any other bullet. Uh, so, but the the key here is um, you never, I mean, we as law-abiding citizens and the police, we hope, not that, you know, there is police abuse, by the way, and, you know, and I hope that we find ways to deal with that. Uh, but um, the, uh, if you're uh, legally uh, using your firearm to defend yourself, um, then 
then you want a round that's going to do the job and not hurt somebody else. And that's what a hollow point bullet is intended for. So, right. you know, all this nonsense that, that uh, New Jersey comes up with about those, uh, it, it doesn't exist in any other state uh, that I know of. There might be, but most, and by the way, the other stupid thing that we have here, they tried to, we already have a maximum uh, magazine capacity of, only, of 15 rounds. You may not have possessed in New Jersey a magazine that has a capacity of greater than 15 rounds. They just tried to, to limit it to 10, and we had a fit. And it went all the way through, you know, because we have a Democratic uh, Assembly and a Democratic a Democrat um, uh, Senate in New Jersey, and they both passed this bill, and it went on to Christie, and Christie vetoed it. And that's the only reason why we are not currently limited to 10 rounds. Most yeah. other states, we're going to have whatever rounds is, is intended for that particular firearm. If, you know, if the standard for that firearm is 20 rounds, then you get a 20-round magazine. There's no issue. So right. New Jersey has a lot of very strange uh, prohibitions. Uh, and um, But, you know, and that's something we can maybe do on another program. But right now, my heart and my soul and my efforts are all surrounding what we can do in this one particular situation to help this woman. Uh, I don't know that, you know, if we can help her, I don't know that it will do anything for anyone else or stop the, the New Jersey state from, from uh, being so harsh with the, the next person that comes around. But right now we have to concentrate on this one young mother, single mother of two, hardworking. She, you know, she was a working mother until they, she lost her job now because of this. So I don't know what she's she supposed lost, to do, you know. She lost her job? Is she still she in jail? I'm sorry? No, uh, I, I believe she's out on bail. Uh, don't quote me on that. I haven't ever spoken to her directly, by the way. I'm doing, I don't know the woman. I have no uh, relationship with any of the people. Uh, I know the attorney, but, you know, I'm not working with him. He's not working with me. This is just right. something that uh, our group is doing because, uh, it's wrong what's happening to this woman. So, um, uh, you know, uh, I don't know for sure, but I believe that she's out because I know she's been on some interviews, uh, you know, Fox News and some other things. So hopefully she's out in the meantime on bail. But, uh, you know, uh, in, in any event, it's it's still, it's insane that they would uh, threaten her with the, you know, with the amount of, of, of time. Or, or that they would really, you know, she probably shouldn't even even have been arrested. But you know, I don't think it was up to the police officer. Uh, you know, you. I guess yeah, he was, you yeah. Know, I think he, he could he could have let her off. Maybe. I, yeah, I don't really know how that works. Uh, I I think I think it I think it um, I think it um, I think it could have been done because. Mm -hmm. Police officers do things at their discretion all the time. They can okay. give you a warning for tickets. That's how, that's how they do. So he had that discretion, just like the um, prosecution had prosim, uh, pros, uh I forget the word. It's something the like trial intervention. Um, so there's a term that they that they coined where it says he could he could have 
chosen to take this to court or not. He could right. have used his discretion to prosecute or not prosecute. He had Absolutely. that right. Absolutely, yeah. But the what it boils definitely... down. Go ahead. Yeah, no, the, the prosecutor definitely had the option of letting her go through pretrial intervention, and uh, she would have been diverted from the process, and, uh, and this wouldn't have been a non-issue. But now it's a big issue, and uh, we've, we've got to do everything that we can to, to make sure that she does not uh, go to prison. And, wow. we, you know, our, our group is, is committed to this. So, I, again, I want to direct people that want to get involved, Go to our website, nj2as.com. Click on her picture. I'm not asking you for donations for the NJ2AS. I'm not asking you for anything for ourselves. I'm just asking you to help us help this woman. And, if, you know, if you want to make donations, you can make it to the billboard campaign with the SAF or you can make it to her defense fund. But whatever you do, please try to make those calls. It's real easy, and no one's going to give you a hard time. So if you can make those calls, it will make all the difference in the world. Right, right. Well, with that, Frank, I want to bring you back on again, and I'll and I'll let you know. I'm also going to be working on getting Miss um, Shaheen, Shaheen, and her lawyer, Evan. Evan, I called him today, but I didn't get a call back yet. So I'm gonna still be working on that because I'm gonna keep this story. Right. Yeah, it would be good to get them on. In the spotlight even more so than, you know, everything going on in Ferguson. It's, it's been so blown up. There's a tragedy every week. Just this past weekend, there were seven people murdered and 28 injured in Chicago. But where the folks rioting? It's like I put on my Facebook page. They're not rioting because... The individuals wasn't killed by white white cops. Hate to be brutally honest like that, but that's that's what it was. So, having said that, folks, I am going to sign off for tonight. But my friend Frank Fiamingo, that's not flamingo, that's Fiamingo. He will be coming back on this broadcast regularly. I want to thank one of my favorite people, Miss Diana, Lady Di, for coming to the show. All my guests and those of you who are listening and will listen in archives, folks, this isn't just another story. Make sure you take this story. I've posted all the links. On my Facebook page, you can go on my timeline wall for those of you who are my friends. And if you're not my friend and you want to find out more about this, send me a message. I'll send you the information about her. But we need to blow this up because she is facing 10-plus years, maybe even more, in prison. And she has two beautiful little boys. If you've seen the pictures that displayed across the show page, there's three pictures. My eagle, her, and the picture, the distinguished picture of Mr. Frank Fiamingo. 
And having said that, you all tune in tomorrow to another broadcast of the Visible Conservative Christians Unleashed. Wanna thank everybody for tuning in. What song shall I end with? Another Krista Branch song. Can you hear us now? Because that's what we're going to be talking about when we are making these calls to Governor Christie. We need to let our voice be heard loud and proud.
I want to welcome Lady Michelle, who just logged into the room, and Lady Di is still there, and guest 1536. Um, we're at the end of our show, but I might go... Actually, I saw my sis, my big sister just called in, or just um, logged into the radio show. Hey, Babette. Can you call in? Um, I still got uh, 54 minutes, and if you want to call in, I want to talk about some of the other things some more that's, um, that's going on. So call in if you... ...gave a phenomenal, phenomenal energy interview. Oh. Oh, this has a show to do herself. Make sure you post the link in the chat room so that I can call in and listen. But um, I'm, I want to call in because I bet you all going to be uh, talking about the the riots in Ferguson, which incidentally enough, Person is charging. That's how the bullet went over his skull. A lot of people, oh, my goodness. I'm just frustrated. I'm frustrated because the lack of consistency, um, and, you know, just people, they have selective outrage. And these parents, their sons, are being exploited for political gain. To push a political agenda. I hate political agendas, folks. I hate political agendas. Political agendas are not good. Political agendas are not good. And I have Frank call back in. Um, Babette, I know that you have to go, but you know Frank, and uh, I want, you know, I want to help get you to help push this out. So Frank, thanks for calling back in. I'm just I'm just kinda talking about the things that's going on in Ferguson, Missouri as to how mm-hmm. it relates to Miss Janine's case. And I call it selective outrage. You mm-hmm. know, you have a you have granted it, any loss of life is tragic. And I believe that. I'm 100% pro-life. But I am also a believer in choices have consequences. And you put yourself in a position by charging a cop. First of all, you assaulted a cop. You reap what you 
You reap what you sow. You make a bad decision, and you reap the consequences of your choices. Folks, I know that sounds harsh, but someone needs to answer me this question. At what point in time did God, for those of us who carry a faith point of view, someone tell me at what point in time did the black community get excused from being responsible for their actions? We all are responsible for our actions, but yet somehow we think it's okay to do dirt and then say, well, I had a bad growing up time. So did I. So did many of us. Excuses is what's destroying this nation. Man up, woman up, grow up, take responsibilities for your choices. You man enough, woman enough to commit violent criminal acts, be man enough, woman enough to take your punishment. That's simple. But you have a young lady who told the truth. I thought the truth sets you free. And it does in some cases. Well, in most cases, unless you happen to live in a draconian state with draconian gun control laws, and you have a man. Frank Fiamingo, who cared so much about the plight of this young woman that he has put the full weight of his organization to help support her, as has um, Evan Nabin, her lawyer. People stepped up in her legal defense fund, folks. They sought $25,000. She, they, they raised over $47,000. And I would be willing to bet a dollar to donuts that there were so-called more white racist conservatives who helped her than black liberals, and yes, I'm making it political. Because you always want to talk about somebody being racist, but most of the people coming to the defense of this beautiful young black woman who have two very beautiful, handsome young sons are white. So it kind of flies in the face of the narrative that all white people only always hate Amer- or hate black people. That's garbage. If the truth of the, if you want to truly know the truth of the matter is this, everybody has it wrong. Because there's no such thing as multiple races. There's one race. Human. The human race. Yes. But if you want to be technically accurate, you need to you need to address it along cultural lines, not racial lines. 
because just as Frank is a human being, I'm a human being, and we're all members of one race. But because of the individuals who thought they were so intelligent that they didn't even bother to distinguish that there was a difference between culture and race, they lumped it all in one category. And all that is is intellectual is intellectual laziness. You walk around with your head so high claiming you're uh, academic, so why don't you figure it out? There's one race, folks, multi, multiple cultures, but one race. And, Frank, I really appreciate what you are doing, your organization is doing, and what Evan is doing, because you know what? It flies in the face of that narrative that, White people hate black people. And I'm just being blunt because that's the narrative that's flying across this nation from those whose purpose is to keep this country divided. Yeah, I agree 100%. And yeah, I, I've, never, I've never believed that. I've never believed that black people hate white people and white people hate black people. That's ridiculous. Uh, and as you said, we're all one race, it's the human race. Unfortunately, there there is evil in the world. I mean, we know that. Where it comes from, you know, we might have a discussion, you know, a private discussion about that, but uh, there is evil. There are people who are uh, who will cause problems. And here's, here's the way I've always broken it down. He who initiates the use of force is always wrong. Now, defense against the use of force is a totally different story. If you're exactly. protecting innocent life, you know, it, 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 that's not the same as implementing the use of force. You're, you, you, you know, I'm, I'm happy to go my way and never raise my hand against another human being other than to shake theirs or to, you know, to, to wave hello. <laughs> but, uh, it, you know, if someone tries to uh, kill me or my family, uh, then they're going to have to deal with whatever the consequence. Like you said before, there are consequences for actions. So, um, yeah, and you can't make up, in, in my mind, individual liberty and responsibility are really two sides of the same coin. So if you want to be free to act and to, uh, to live your life uh, according to your, and, and that's the American dream, live your life according to your way of seeing things. I mean, you worship who you want, you know, in the way you want to worship. You live in the way that you want to live. You have your culture the way you want it. All those things are fine. And, and that's, right. that's the American dream, that you can do that. Uh, but once somebody says, oh, no, you're, you're uh, you know, you have to do things this way, or you have to, you know, right. we, will, we will not put it. That, and they use force to, to, um, to have, get their way. I don't care what color they are or what the reason is. If you're initiating the use of force, you've done something wrong. There's, there's got to be another way to deal with the whatever the situation is. Now, amen. There, sorry. Yeah, you know. So, so that, so that, that's really what that's that's really how I judge things. Now, I don't know right. really. I, I mean, I don't know what the circumstances were in, in Ferguson. I honestly don't. I mean, I wasn't there. And, and I guess, you know, we, 
can, can you, you know, when you're getting different reports from different witnesses, you know, you, you know, the tendency is you're going to believe whatever you would have believed before. You know, whichever side you came down on before the issue, that's how you're going to come down because that's natural. That's the way that we work. But honestly, unless, uh, you know, the evidence is, is clear, I, I will not make any kind of prediction other than whoever, whoever uses force, they're wrong. I don't care what the reason is. If you initiate it, you're wrong. So, and looting and things like that. that what, what does that have to do with the original situation? You know, if you exactly. want to express your outrage... Um, uh, what the, getting a new TV, at, you know, for free is not the way to do it. I don't think. I agree. So, I agree. Yeah. So I don't. I, I don't get that part. But um, but I do. I understand the anger. You know, it, it, indeed. I mean, there are there are I'm sure examples, uh, uh, true examples of police abuse on the basis of race. I'm sure of it because there are evil people in the world. I'm sure there are evil police officers. But certainly not the majority, and certainly you know this is uh, in, again you know I'm, I'm, maybe I'm talking about something I don't really know anything about, but I, I can only go by my um, view of human beings, and what I found is most human beings are happy to to do their job and go home to their families and raise their kids, uh, whatever religion they are, whatever color they are, whatever we all love our kids, we all love our families, except for the evil people except for the people where there's right. something wrong in their head. Those are right. those people. They come in all kinds of shapes and sizes and colors. And those right. are the people that we, that we have to deal with. We have to find a way to deal with them so that they don't, you know, they don't, uh, uh, you know, interfere with the rest of us. Because we also have individual liberty and responsibility, and we all also have to answer, you know, uh, uh, there are consequences for our behavior. So... Right, and you know, here, here, here's here's where the anger that is being shown in um, Ferguson, Missouri, is misguided. The only mm-hmm. one that really has a right to be angry is the is the parent. But even with that, this is my question. Because you can see the anger resonate throughout the community, the black community around the nation. Where Mm -hmm. is that anger when on July weekend in Chicago you had 67 people who were shot? I think 13 of them were killed just this past weekend. And this Mm -hmm. is in the black community. Since the current individual has been president, there's been approximately 40,000 murders of black men at the hands of other black men. Where's the anger and the rage about that? And it's like I said, it's kind of like that mentality, and I put this on Facebook. It's almost like the community is perfectly fine with our boys and men dying as long as it was another black man that killed them. But lo and behold, let it be a white person. And mm-hmm. suddenly out jumps Jesse Jackson, now Sharpton. I mean, Westboro Baptist Church is getting ready to show up to protest. I mean, this garbage. Mm-hmm. 
It's mm-hmm. hatred. And you have the new Black Panther Party. I, I, you know what the difference between the new, the new Black Panther Party and the Ku Klux Klan is? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Uh, I get, I get your point. You know, we need to between the two of us and whoever else we can get on board. We need to, we need to coin a new phrase: human on human crime. That's what it is. It's human on human crime. I don't care. You know, how, however <laughs> it, 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 it happens. And we got to stop it. Uh, the crime right. uh, between, you know, gang, gangs exist for a reason. There is poverty, no question about it. And there are ways to deal with that. If we could only get uh, people to understand that you, you can't solve poverty by pouring money at it. You have to solve poverty. Right. By, you know, it's like, it's like the old story, right? If you, te- if you give a man a fish, you feed him for a day, right? If you teach a man to fish, you feed them for a lifetime. Yep. That's the kind of attitude that we have to take. Right. That is absolutely. You know? You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And because there are underlying I, causes to all this violence. There are, you know, and those. That's the way that we address it. You know, is, is go after the underlying causes. But the, the liberals have. You know, and I hate. To, I, I hate to talk about liberal. You know, this that. You know, but they got the wrong idea. You know, because their ideas don't work. Right, right, and you're you're telling the truth. You got to continue to keep that keep that real. And I know you don't like to divide people into categories, but there's liberal, there's conservative, and there really yep. is a a right way. I mean, since the since the New Deal, and I know you're you're old enough to remember the New Deal. Uh, since oh, yeah. then, um, forties was what they say. Uh, Forty trillion? No, is it forty billion? Is it trillion or bill? No, sixteen trillion dollars. Yeah, sixteen trillion dollars has been put into the war on poverty. How's that working for us? Yeah. <laughs> and they wonder where our where most of our debt came from. Mm-hmm. I mean. It do, it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense, and uh, I talk I could talk about this all night, but you know what? Mm-hmm. We're coming down to our last five minutes. I'm in the show at seven thirty, eight thirty your time, but right. I want to thank you, Frank, for just for your passion, and you're one of you're one of the individuals who. I enjoy talking to because even though, you know, we we might not see everything eye to eye, you know, but you mm-hmm. are the kind of person that you respect the person's right to do what they want to do, even if they choose the wrong thing to do. The only time you say something is when there's a grave injustice or when it directly affects your family. Mm-hmm. Everybody has the right to do what they want to do, even if it's wrong. But here's the thing. They don't have a right to avoid the consequences of their choices by making excuses all the time. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. You know what I always say? Reality is the final arbitrator. So, yep. I like know, that. <laughs> you know, if you do something that's that's not in uh, – 
uh, that doesn't uh, jive with reality, it's going to come back and bite you in you know where. Right, exactly, exactly. All right, young man, I am going to be, I'm going to catch up with you on Facebook because I have many, many others that I've been sending the information to. Oh, by the way, my friend Jack Cashel, who's the investigative reporter from there, he's from New Jersey. He lives here mm-hmm. in Kansas City now. He said he, he, I sent him all the information. He's going to look it over. He's going to be reaching out to his contacts in New Jersey. And basically, if, uh, if he, um, which I think he will, he may be doing a, a story about it for World Net Daily. That would be wonderful. Yeah, and he has um, he has a few million readers of his of his. So well, just I want to thank you. But by the way, I want to thank you. Before, so I have the opportunity to thank you for uh, giving me this opportunity to come on and use your air to to uh, you know to let your listeners know what's going on. I really really appreciate it from the heart. Thank you. Absolutely. It's it's about it's about the human being. This is about a grave injustice. What she's dealing with is a grave injustice. And it should be consistency across the life or across the board. Yes, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm grieved about the fact the young man lost his life, but at the same time I also have to look at things with a um, objective point of view. If you did something that puts yourself in that position, you know, that's what people have to understand. Mm -hmm. People make choices every single day that put them in situations where the outcomes are tragic. And I'll tell tell this story, and I'm in my show with this, everyone. There was um, March eighth, uh, March eighth of nineteen ninety-seven. Um, I went to a basketball game in Kansas City, Missouri, um, women's Big Twelve tournament, and uh, there was a young lady there who was a former basketball player for my old school, the University of Kansas. And I used to like her. And at the time, I was homeless. And so I was kind of feeling icky and that sort of thing. But I felt an urge to go up to her. Something said to me within me, said, go give her a hug, ask her how she's doing. And I didn't do that, you know. Because I was just like, "Ah, that's just probably me. Well, anyway, she gave all her former teammates a hug, and then she turned around, she looked at me with her arms crossed, and the expression on her face was like, are you going to come speak to me or what? (laughs) But I I didn't do that because I wasn't feeling comfortable. I was homeless. I had just spent the night in a park. And um, I watched the game. I left. She left. And for two weeks, something was saying to me, call her up, 
see how she's doing and ask her if she wanted to go out and do something. I didn't do that. March 25th, 1997. Found her dead from a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. I walked around with that guilt for years. (laughs) Just by who knows if my um, going up to her would have made a difference. But I do realize because of my faith that I am a gift of encouragement. I I am an encourager. And had I did that, that hug could have made all the difference in the world. But because I chose to ignore that inner voice, some people call it inner voice, I call it the Holy Spirit, um... I never know. I I still to this day don't know what that outcome could have been. So as a result, I had to live with the consequences of my choices by me ignoring that inner voice. I did not get to greet and possibly to my friend for the last time. So I said all that to say this, folks. You have to always be prepared because any choice that you make will definitely come back and have an adverse effect on your life. It could be a positive adverse effect or it could be a negative adverse effect. And if I were you, I'd work towards the positive adverse effect. And with that, Frank, I'm going to give you the last word. Uh, you know, that's, uh, that's a great story, and I think that that's, you know, the point of the story is you've got to do things, you've got to take the moment and, and, and not put things that are important, personal things like that. So I encourage people to please, as I mentioned before, go to our site, nj2as.com, help this girl out, just click on her picture, the information's there. Do what you can because this woman deserves our help, all of our help. And and that's really, you know, that's the most important thing I have to say. All right, Frank. I thank you so much for joining me on the show tonight. And we're going, like I said, we're going to blow this up. So I'll catch up with you on Facebook probably sometime tonight or tomorrow. And um, you have a good night and get some rest, my friend. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Thomas. You're very welcome. You all, I'm telling you, we're in a fight for this nation. You have a current, the current individual in office who's trying to rip apart the very fabric of our nation. But we have to be vigilant in our resolve And we have to let him know and all others who are opposed to our standing up for true righteousness and true justice that we're not going to be divided. 
because I'm going to say it again, and some people say it might be cliche. It's not race. It's culture because there is only one race, the human race. Now, if we can't figure that out, I don't know what else to say. I don't know what else to tell you. Of course cultures are going to have different cultures. Yes, the black culture is different from the white culture. But guess what? They're a part of the human race. So if someone races, they're racist against another human being because they're too dumb to figure out that it's not about the race, it's about the culture. And the saddest thing of all, the biggest mistake that we as humans have a tendency to make is this. We judge entire groups of people by the actions of a few. Because believe me, I've read the comments, and there are a lot of white conservatives who have been making comments on the Fox News website, um, the Blaze, making blatantly racist remarks. Tell you this. I did not judge the entire white race for the actions of those individuals who murdered my three family members because of the color of their skin. And I, as a black man and a black conservative, specifically do not expect to be judged by the actions of those individuals in Ferguson, Missouri. My point is this. Stop looking at the race, if you want to judge a person based on their character, judge them on their character, but don't base the character judgment and apply it to an entire group of people because there's good and bad across the board. But in some groups, the media likes to highlight the bad more than the good. And that's real talk. Anybody in the chat room have any questions or comments that they would like to share? You can call in. My The number is 760-542-3907. 760-542-3907. You are listening to The Visible Conservative, Christians Unleashed. I'll be right back. I'm a, I'm going to play a funny clip. And it's just, it is just going to remind you of the political ideology that we deal with, the political divide. And then I'll be back on the other side, and hopefully we'll have some of our guests in the chat room call it. Hello, America. This is the other bill for America. I'm the guy with the sign on my truck. Now, I'm not hiring until Obama's gone. That is strictly a prediction because he is destroying our economy. But 
as promised, I promised a few Patriot friends on Facebook that I would post a video that um, would bring to light the last phone call I got last night at 11.16 p.m. my time here on the Eastern Seaboard of one of my new liberal friends from Wisconsin. He says his name is John, and I got to call my uh, uh, voicemail to be able to retrieve this message and allow you to hear it. It's impressive for somebody of sub-intellectual character. Yeah. Bear with me on this video thing. It's new to me. And I got to uh, fine-tune fine tune it as best I can and get one. First saved message. Here's that. Yeah, my name is John. I was uh, wondering if you guys were hiring yet. Entertaining, huh? The Muslim's still in office, I guess. Thank you for your contribution. And uh, I have posted on Facebook. If anybody wants to contact him and let him know that they are in support of him or maybe discuss his feelings for my terrible capitalist beliefs, please please don't hesitate to do so. But uh, I will be posting this video shortly. And uh, God bless all patriots, Semper Fi Marines, now, I'm a little busy, so i got to get to work. I'll talk to you later. You have a blessed day. And yet, liberals are always telling us we need to be civil. But that, what you just heard there, that's an everyday occurrence. That's an everyday occurrence. That's an everyday occurrence. No matter how much I might get ticked off, one thing I will never allow is my love for this nation to be tainted. I want to thank guests one million five hundred or is that fifteen million three hundred and sixty two thousand no. 50,363,802 Lady Michelle and Lady Di Patriot, Texas Patriot. Thank you all for tuning in to the show. I was really excited. I love I love the um, passion of Frank Diamingo. Uh, and just the honor and the opportunity to help make a difference in a very important and a very worthy cause. With that, say good night and 
here's our theme song to take us home. You have been listening to Two Radio Presents The Visible Conservative Christians Unleashed here on Blog Talk Radio. Tune in tomorrow for another exciting broadcast of The Visible Conservative Christians Unleashed.
my friend, but you're also my brother. Here's my shoulder. You can Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
It's not. 
I want to thank everybody for tuning in, and I will be back tomorrow with another broadcast of The Visible Conservative Christians Unleashed. Have a good night, and God bless you.